In whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3.23 Dear Lord, how wonderful is it to know that our every effort, big or small, can be an act of worship and devotion to you. You have designed us to stamp every area of our lives with your character. Fill us with enthusiasm and purpose in all we do, reminding us that our true reward comes from serving you. Whether we're engaged in tasks, grand or humble, let our motivation be to please you, to reflect your love, and to share your joy. When we stumble or fail, we pray that you would pick us up and remind us of our purpose in you. Fill us with your spirit. May our actions be a melody of praise to you, celebrating your goodness and the grace in our lives. As we go about our days, may we do the same with cheerful hearts, offering our best in love and gratitude to you. In the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen. Welcome to Pray News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, Americans hit a new milestone, but it's in credit card debt. Biden orders a ban on certain Chinese investments, and Zoom, in a bold act of irony, orders its workers to return to the office. We know that every day is filled with highs, lows, peaks, and valleys. Wherever you find yourself this week, we hope that this moment in your day is a highlight. We pray today that you would be filled with purpose and enlightened with perspective. If you have been blessed by what we do here at Pray News, we would love for you to write a review. Doing so helps us impact more people, leaving them informed and transformed. Before we get to today's stories, let's hear a word from these sponsors. Our first story of today has to do with one number, one trillion. In a world where swiping has become second nature, and not just on social media, but swiping those credit cards, Americans have achieved a new milestone. And no, it's not the number of steps taken in a day or the number of selfies snapped. It is the collective credit card balance, which has gracefully pirouetted past the one trillion mark for the first time. Bravo, America. The New York Federal Reserve, in what must have been a moment of, we can't believe we're saying this, reported that credit card balances saw a significant leap in the second quarter. What was the increase, you ask? A cool $45 billion. That's enough to buy a few private islands, a fleet of luxury lots, and still have enough left over for guacamole at Chipotle. Credit card debt has seen a crescendo of $193 billion since the start of the year in a whopping $264 billion above April 2021 levels. This rise in credit card debt is a sign of the times, reflecting both inflationary pressures and increased consumption. Elizabeth Renter, a data analyst at NerdWallet, pointed out that while households have enjoyed the benefits of excess savings and pandemic-related debt forbearances over the past few years, the remnants of those benefits are starting to dwindle. As a result, credit card delinquencies are on the rise, indicating that consumers are feeling the financial squeeze. However, it's not all doom and gloom. The New York Fed mentioned that while delinquency rates have increased, they appear to have normalized to pre-pandemic levels. So perhaps we're dancing to a familiar tune after all. Financial advisor Josh Brown highlighted that while credit card debt might seem like a mammoth number, the economy, household net worth, and home equity have all grown faster since the pandemic began. In fact, credit card debt is a mere 6% of total deposits households have in banks, the lowest percentage in two decades. So while the $1 trillion might seem like a daunting figure, it's not as alarming as it might appear. Delinquency rates, or the offbeat dancers of the credit card world, 
have risen slightly to a 3.18% from 3%. But this is the line with historical norms. The pandemic saw a drop in these rates thanks to stimulus checks and reducing spending. Interestingly, while credit card debt might be the talk of the town, Americans are in a favorable position regarding other debts. Thanks to low interest rates in 2020 and 2021, a staggering 73% of outstanding mortgages in the U.S. have rates below 4.4%. While those numbers are nice for people who have mortgages, who have homes and different assets, these numbers are still alarming for a whole generation that is struggling to get ahead. There's a whole generation of people that are struggling. So this story is a good example of good news for some, bad news for others. While older Americans with plenty of other assets don't have much to worry about, the younger Americans are experiencing increased hopelessness that they will never be able to afford a home with the ever-growing housing prices, student loan debt, and increased cost of basic goods. Getting into debt seems to be the only way to sustain themselves, but that debt will hinder them from accumulating the wealth needed to sustain a middle-class lifestyle, which is the aim of many of these people. Proverbs 22.7 reminds us the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. While credit can be a useful tool, it's essential to approach it with wisdom and discernment. Many have fallen at the hands of credit card debt. Debt's power to hold you back should never be underestimated. As we navigate these financial waters, let's remember to live within our means, prioritize needs over wants, and seek guidance in our financial decisions. Let's also be mindful in praying for an entire generation that is struggling to get ahead because of student loans, because of credit card debt, because of inflation. True wealth isn't measured by the balance of our credit cards, but by the treasure stored in heaven. So, with all this being said, let's lift this up in prayer. Lord, guide us in our financial decisions and grant us the wisdom to discern needs from wants. Help the younger generation find paths to stability and prosperity amidst their challenges. And remind us all that true riches lie not in material wealth, but in love, compassion, and grace that we extend to one another, and ultimately salvation offered in you, Jesus. We love you, and we trust you in these uncertain times. In your name we pray. Amen. Our next story is more on the increasing tension between the United States and China. In the grand theater of international relations, few relationships are as captivating, multifaceted, and consequential as that between the U.S. and China. These two economic titans, often likened to Goliaths of the modern era, have long been engaged in a delicate ballet, each move, each decision reverberating across the global stage, influencing economies, politics, and societies far beyond their borders. The latest act in this performance is an executive order from the Biden administration that seeks to ban certain U.S. investments in China, particularly trading the high-tech sectors. This move, while significant in its own right, is but a single step in the dance that has been ongoing for decades. It's a dance of competition and collaboration, of rivalry and mutual benefit. And as the spotlight shines brightly on these latest developments, it's essential to understand the broader narrative, the choreography that has led to this very moment. You see, there's something going on between the U.S. and China. The United States' move to ban specific investments in China is not just a financial decision. It's a strategic one. The concern is that American technology and expertise might inadvertently aid Beijing in developing advanced weaponry. This decision follows a series of measures, including export restrictions on advanced semiconductors to China and heightened security of Chinese investments in American tech companies. However, China perceived these moves as an attempt to stifle its economic growth, and it very well may have been. 
In what many see as a retaliatory move, China banned its major companies from purchasing technology from Micron Technology, the U.S.'s largest memory chip maker. We covered on Monday how certain innovations in tech can inadvertently aid in the global military threat. This ban by the Biden administration is one of many cogs in the geopolitical machine, highlighting the ever-increasing complexity of tech innovations in national security. The U.S. and China share a relationship that's complex as it is crucial. On one hand, China is America's most formidable competitor. On the other, the potential for collaboration between these two giants could pave the way for global growth and prosperity. Historically, U.S. investments have played a significant role in China's economic development. However, as geopolitical tensions rise, especially with the war between Russia and Ukraine, these investments have dwindled. Direct U.S. investment into China plummeted to a 20-year low of $8.2 billion last year. The looming restrictions have already begun to reshape U.S. investor behavior, with some firms slowing or pausing transactions in China. The U.S. isn't dancing alone in this arena. It has been urging its allies in Europe and in Asia to adopt similar restrictions, aiming to prevent firms from rerouting funds through cities like London and Tokyo. The European Commission is even considering adopting restrictions on investments abroad. The U.S.-China relationship is a testament to the intricate web of global interdependence. It reminds us of the story of King Solomon. King Solomon, renowned for his wisdom and political prowess, was able to leverage many alliances and trade partnerships with other nations. As a result, he ushered the nation of Israel into an unprecedented era of economic growth and peace. However, the son of David also let his guard down. He compromised his values and slipped into idolatry of those very foreign nations he had allied himself with. The paradox of Solomon's reign as king is a good reminder that we must be mindful of who we partner with and what their influence on us might be. While competition is natural and breeds innovation, collaboration also brings growth and peace, and we want to be able to balance these two ideas. And that's probably what the Biden administration is hoping to do. The Bible teaches us that the power of unity and working together for the common good is paramount. But the Bible also reminds us to be cautious of who we yoke ourselves with. In these challenging times, let's pray for wisdom for our leaders, that they may navigate these complex waters with grace, understanding, and a vision of a world where all nations thrive together. When China does well, the U.S. does well. When the U.S. does well, China goes well. That's ultimately the goal that we have for one another. So, with that being said, let's pray. Lord, grant our leaders discernment and wisdom in these intricate times. May they prioritize collaboration over confrontation and seek a future where unity fosters mutual growth. Guide their decisions so that nations can coexist in harmony, promoting peace and prosperity for all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our last story of today is a twist of irony. Zoom, the company that has become the poster child for remote work, is now nudging its employees to unzoom themselves from their couches and head back to the office, at least part-time. And wow. The irony. Zoom, which saw its popularity skyrocket during the pandemic, has decided that a structured hybrid approach is the way forward. This means employees living with a 50-mile radius of its offices are expected to grace the office with their presence for two days a week at least. This move by Zoom is reflective of a broader trend. Companies, big and small, are grappling with the best approach to work in the post-pandemic world. While Zoom's stock soared during the pandemic, it has since taken a nosedive, much like that homemade sourdough bread trend that flooded our phones for six months during the pandemic. Do you remember? 
with shares plummeting from $559 in October 2020 to below 70 recently. It's clear that the remote work honeymoon phase might be waning. But Zoom isn't alone in this dance. Giants like Google, Salesforce, and Amazon are gently nudging, or in some cases firmly pushing, their employees back to the office. The reasoning varies, but the underlying theme is consistent, the desire for a semblance of pre-pandemic normalcy. Early studies on remote work showed that productivity increased, especially with the cut in commuting time and increased availability outside the 9 to 5 hours. However, more recent studies are showing that remote work productivity is beginning to dwindle. These companies are trying to find the best path forward. Employees, on average, love remote work, many even willing to take pay decreases in order to remain remote. The White House is echoing, though, this call back to the office. It's eager to get federal employees out of their pajamas and back into those office-appropriate slacks. With some arguing that remote work has led to delays and backlogs, others believe it's more funding and resources that are really the concern. And let's not forget the D.C. mayor's concerns about the city's dwindling vibrancy. It's almost as if the city is saying, remember those coffee shops and lunch spots you used to love? They miss you, and so does your office chair. The commercial and business real estate market has taken a nosedive with remote work. Many cities like D.C. are urging and incentivizing companies to return to the office and reinvigorate their downtowns. But here's the crux. While some studies suggest remote work boosts productivity, others hint at the very opposite. What's undeniable, though, is that many employees have tasted the sweet nectar of work-life balance and flexibility, and they're not eager to give it up. With more flexible hours and fewer commutes, Remote work has provided many families with more opportunities to be together. Moms and dads everywhere report higher happiness levels with the ability to prioritize family and togetherness along with their work. However, young and unmarried people have reported growing dissatisfaction and loneliness due to remote work. They want to engage with more people, collaborate, build relationships. Perhaps this move toward a hybrid work will strike that balance. As we navigate these changing times, Employers and employees alike should approach decisions with empathy and a genuine desire to understand each other's perspectives. The Bible teaches us the importance of community and fellowship. While technology has allowed us to maintain connected in unprecedented ways, there's undeniable value in face-to-face -face interactions. As Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for human masters. Whether we're working from home, the office, or a hybrid of both, Let's do it with purpose, gratitude, and a heart full of service. With all that being said, let's close our time together in prayer. Lord, guide us through these shifting times, helping us to find balance in our work lives. May we approach change with understanding and empathy, valuing both community and individual needs. In all that we do, let our actions reflect our service to you and our commitment to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. We pray today you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you've enjoyed this take on the news, please write us a review and share your experience. We would love to hear from you. You can sign up for our newsletter at PrayNews.com. There you'll find all the sources to our reporting. And be sure to download the Pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new and exciting ways.